Welcome to the Wealthy Money Property Podcast, your ultimate resource to unlocking your inner property guru and building a property investment portfolio. Now, introducing your host for the show. Hey, property magicians, welcome to episode 94. If you've just joined us, my name is Vangile Makwakwa. I am the host of uh, the Property Magicians podcast. I am also the founder of Wealthy Money, where I help women of color heal ancestral money trauma so that they can fall in love with their bank accounts, increase income, and live their best lives. I'm also the author of Heart, Mind, and Money, Using Emotional Intelligence for Financial Success. And you can find me on Instagram and on Twitter and LinkedIn under Vangin Lemakwakwa and on Facebook under Wealthy Money. With me is my incredible co-host. Hi there. Hi there, Ben. Hi, property magicians. My name is Dr. Miranda. I am Prop Doc Mom on all the platforms. PropDocMom.com is my landing page. I am a mentor for beginner property investors, necessarily because um, when you are a beginner, you bring your whole anxiety, fear, and everything negative that you've been told about property investing. My job is to get you ready for your first property investment to structure properly, to talk through your why, because most people want to invest only because they've heard that others do it. And probably it's not an asset class you should be in. So in our beginner mentorship, we deal with from mindset to structuring properly for your your property investing and how to find those deals and how to finance your very first property. So find me on Instagram under Dr. Miranda underscore PropDocMom. My page on Facebook is PropDocMom. And let's begin. Hit me up with mentorship where you want a mentor. We've got an incredible episode 84 for you. My goodness. Yeah. And Rieta van Royen. And Misa, maybe tell us the conference that you're going to be part of in Joburg. Oh, yeah. Oh my gosh, our guest today happens to be also hosting a conference in October 22nd to the 23rd of October, coming October 2021. I will be speaking at Lady Boss, and Lady Boss is about about women, for women, and done by women in property investing. So we are going to be talking all property investing from the emotional bits about it, from the feminine energy of property investing Mm -hmm. to how to educate, empower and inspire women who are in property investment. And I hope to see you there. When the flyers are out, we will share and we will share abundantly. The conference is in Johannesburg. Rieta tells tells us about it. We are going to we are going to inspire and empower and educate you at that conference. So Reta is our guest today, guys. You are in for a different podcast, right? She's a property investor, mentor, business lady, and yeah. she shares all things expansion, actually. Yeah. That's what I heard. All oh things expansion. I heard that too. I love it. I'm on board. Let's do this. Let's do it. Welcome, Rita. It's so good to have you on the show. How are you doing? 
Hi, hi. I'm doing fantastic on a chilly day in Cape Town, but, um, you know, cold won't stop us yet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're in Cape Town. I am, I am. I'm in Cape Town as well. Yeah, no, Cape Town, it's always been a dream. I, I, when I was younger, I worked in Cape Town for about a year and a half, and it's always been my dream to move back. And finally, I did it. I kicked my job under the bum and I, I came to Cape Town. I said, enough is enough. I'm doing what I want. <laughs> so I've been here now for about four years. Oh, wow. Okay. That is so lovely. Awesome. awesome. So you're breathing the same air with Vangile today. Oh, yeah. Nice. Yeah. She's <laughs> in Cape Town. And we have warm weather here. I'll send you two or three degrees. We are at 26 degrees, proper summer, not even spring. Oh my gosh, it's cold here, hey? Like, it's cold, but beautiful. I would not swap it for Joburg at all, ever. <laughs> I totally <laughs> me. <laughs> I know what you mean. I know what you mean. But Retta, thank you so much for saying yes to the podcast. We're going to have a good time. You know, we're going to to have a good time. It's it's very rare to have female female guests now that we think about it. Jeez, man. Some more women. Oh, no, we've had we've had a few the last few weeks. We're running on a streak. Do not ruin it, please, Mizo. We had Wazi, <laughs> we had Funke. Like, no, they're starting to come through, right? Like, so it's been good. Yeah. Yeah. It's getting <laughs> well, better. No longer, those are no longer our problems. We I rebuke. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so Retta, thank you so so much for coming on. Our listeners are going to learn and have fun with you on the podcast. So shall we go? Yes. So Retta, who are you? What do you do? Tell us about yourself. Like, how do you define yourself as a human? Yes. <laughs> wow, that's like deep. Okay. So yeah, I, I mean, how do I find myself as a human? I, I like to to, um, to to believe that I'm a I'm a free woman, but sometimes I'm not so sure with this COVID. I was finally free, and then COVID happened, and now it's like not anymore. So it feels like we're not anymore anyway. But um, yeah, I mean, I'm just a you know I always say that I'm just I'm I'm a I'm a everyday person. I'm somebody that that has just Gone, an average person that has just gone through life in a very average, normal way, followed the rules that, you know, we always get about school and parents <laughs> and all that nonsense. And, yeah, it just didn't work so well for me. And then, I, you know, I went, I, I decided to, to start living my life by design and not by neglect. Um, and, and that is sort of what I did. I just left everything up to other people to decide for me what must happen. And I just went along with it. Very easygoing type of person. But I think um, my team will uh, start, will, won't believe it if I say that I'm an easygoing person because <laughs> I had to change that uh, recently quite a lot. But, yeah, okay. I mean, I'm just a mother. I'm a business person now, I can officially say. And, um yeah, a wife as well, although my husband says I'm not because he never sees me. But <laughs> <laughs> and soon to be author, soon to be author. That's my oh. new thing. 
I'm writing a book finally. Oh, awesome! <laughs> oh, that is amazing. I'm on 13,000 words, but it's and it, it takes a lot longer than one would think, but I'm there, I'm getting there slowly. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. We can't yeah. wait for the book. <laughs> we really, really can't. And I'm so right up. The, the, sorry, I'm calling it the, the survival guide to student accommodation in South Africa. Not how to do it, it's a survival guide. <laughs> Okay. You need, you need you need to survive it. Oh, I wow. know, right? <laughs> but Retta, you forgot a little bit, and now that you mentioned the student accommodation, it reminds me. How does it even fit into the person or what you do in your life? Um, who are you at M Five Property Addicts, mm. and what's that student accommodation about? Okay, yeah, so I think, um, you know, so student accommodation is is really, um, I didn't expect it to be a passion for me. It started off purely being, um, you know, and I moved to Cape Town and I was like, what am I, I you know, you, you always hear stories about the other town that has better properties. Um, and I started with property investment and then people said, oh, but property investment is so much better in Cape Town. So I thought, great, I'm going to move down to Cape Town and I'm uh, uh, I'm going to just get there and property is going to be awesome. And then I get here and I can't find anything that cash flows. <laughs> I'm like, I just need something, please. And then I, I ended up buying a property that ended up to be quite a, in a good spot for student accommodation. And I decided to, okay. to give it a try. And, um, and and then I think as time went by, I just really, I fell in love with it. Um, it's okay. hard, it's not easy, okay? But, mm -hmm. uh, you know, but, but for me, I just, I love it because number one, from a property perspective, um, right. it's rewarding, okay? Money-wise, mm -hmm. it's rewarding and, and so on. But the, the hard part is also in that, you know, I like working with or, or providing solutions, good accommodation for students. And, I, you know, I always say that those are our future leaders and us as, as business people must support that. I mean, imagine you can say one day that the, the president stayed in your house, you know. I mean, how cool would that be? Oh, that's so nice. <laughs> I better treat them well because I don't know if they're going to be my lawyer 10 years from now. So. I understand that. But let's backtrack a little bit. I am so, yeah, that is fascinating that you start with student accommodation. But when you bought your first property, Reta, uh, in your life, when you bought your very, very first property, did you buy your first property as a real estate investment? Did you know and did you think that you are buying a real estate investment? No, definitely not. Um, I just... I, I was I was very irritated. I, I, I rented a place, um, yeah. and I had to move out. And then the there was issues with my deposit, and oh, it was just such a horrible experience. And I decided right. I don't want to rent anymore. And yeah. I just I bought a property out of protest to rentals. <laughs> <laughs> and how old were you when you were protesting? You were being an activist, I was a tenant an activist. activist. <laughs> I was I was young. I think I was just I worked for like three years or something. 
Yeah. Um, so that was probably around 23, 24 or so. And if I only knew at the time that it was it was the right time to buy. So I was so lucky in that the, the interest rates were like 24, 27%, something ridiculous. Oh, at that point. my gosh. Was it 2008? Um, 1998. Eight. Four, yeah, it was about 1999. It was 25% at some stage towards the end. Yeah, a quarter. What? Yes, indeed. Oh, my God. So 2008 didn't even phase some of us because 1998 had happened. Yeah, it was yeah. horrible. Oh, horrible. my gosh. Like, I'm so glad I was beautifully clueless dealing with yeah. <laughs> No, but you know what? That was the best time to buy. And you know why? Because the prices, listen, people can, the market will be what people can afford. So what yeah. happens if yeah. the interest rates are so high? The prices must be lower. Yeah. So I bought that two-bedroom townhouse, I bought for 127,000 rands. Wow. Oh my God, I want it. No? Oh and my God. so much. And then... The, soon after that, I think about six months after that, it just started dropping, big drops, drops, drops. And I had a fixed interest rate and I thought, no, flip, I'm going to just pay the penalty and I'm changing to a, a variable rate. Mm. Yeah. I didn't know anything about money, but that was the one good thing I did at the time. <laughs> and then the price just started, the interest just started falling. And then I think it was about five or six years later, I sold that property for... Just over 500,000 rands. So I was an investor. Wow. I didn't even know it. Wow. <laughs> wow. Did you do any work on the property? Did you? No, nothing. It was a, it was a it brand new well house bought from the developer. So I didn't do anything. We just lived in it and we moved out. <laughs> That's it. Wow. Wow, man. That is just amazing. So that was the first one. Yeah. Yeah. My goodness. Wow. So it was six years later and it had become 500,000. Yeah. That's yeah, what was it five about. or six years later? Six years later, right? Yeah, mm. it was around five to six years later that I then. Oh, yeah, I um, Soon after um, that, I, I fell pregnant and we had to get a bigger place and then I moved out. I rented it for a while. Um, but then when I bought the our new house, um, yeah, after when I realized that the property was so much, because the second one I bought where we also stayed in was 470000 And that one, um, when I realized that the other one, I could get five hundred and fifty now, I just sold it and I could pay off the other one that I was living in, you know. Oh, my now gosh. I'm living in a free house. That was awesome. <laughs> that was awesome, hey? Yeah. And you didn't know you were doing you were doing property investing. I didn't. I didn't. But I was also <laughs> stupid. I should have also had a bond. But anyway, bygones, we know new things now. <laughs> so, so tell oh me about I love so, that. Let's go back to, to to the other roles that you didn't mention. At M5 Property Addicts, 
because we, 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 we follow you around all over the place, right? And you didn't know that you had uh, people who ghost you. <laughs> so at M5 Property uh, Addicts, what is your role there and why does, why is it, why is it such an important organization that you formed there? So, yeah, so M5 Property Addicts right now, I'm the, mm -hmm. the CFO for the company. Okay. Okay. You know? So okay. it's like everybody can do anything. As long mm -hmm. as I control the money, I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy with that. I okay. know. <laughs> so, it's nice to have someone who does the numbers. Do you know how scary numbers are for some of us? Yeah, I realized that recently that, you know, yeah. some things that, you know, I just say, whenever somebody comes to me, Rita, we, we need money for this or that, we want to do this project, that project, you know, and I'm like, well, talk is cheap, show me the numbers. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I don't want to hear your stories about you're going to do this and you're going to expand and you're going to sub no, subdivide, no, no, show me the numbers. I want to see on paper how much am I making this month? Over the next three years, what's your projections? Okay. So, yeah. mm, okay. so I like, really, I like really to have that control. I think it's the control, not the numbers that I like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is so awesome. So, uh, Reta, how mm. did you then go from, well, I don't know much about property, but I need to learn about it and get into this property game? How, what is it that inspired you to start doing property and getting into property? That's a good question. I think, you know, I've been in my career for, at, uh, I used to work for Accenture and I used to be there for about just below 20 years. And towards the end of that, you know, you kind of realize that, um, wh wh where is this even going to go? And if I look at, the career path and what's the ultimate that you can get in in that career path and what it will take to get there you know after that after that time you you, you think but is that actually what i want i think i i was although hopefully i wasn't midlife then yet still or yet but it, it's like you know i don't want to i don't want to be the the a partner or a managing director or a whatever in that in that business because you know, those guys have the same issues as I have now. So now I'm just making my issues more, but for what? So I then thought, no, let me, and, and um, you know, also with uh, the company, then it's like, no, the, the increases weren't great, promotions weren't great at the time. And I thought, no, I, you know, why do I even go through all this slogging in a year? And, and I, you know, you get very little for that that effort that you put in. Little did I know what I was getting myself into. But, um, oh, guys, sorry, my daughter just walked in. <laughs> we'll continue. That's nice. She can sorry. come and say hi. This is a family podcast. Yeah, when you see that. You see that chair there? She's always on that chair with oh. me in lives everywhere. <laughs> oh, That's wow. awesome. How old is she? She's um, six now, almost seven in January. She's seven. That is so awesome. Cute. Okay, now I need to remember what I was saying. Yeah, so then you were saying, thought, is this the career path you wanted? Yeah. <laughs> and then I thought, you know what? Let me start looking. And then they made the mistake, okay, of sending me to training, which was very much a mindset 
training where they oh. we, it's all about how you know your thoughts become um actions and then your actions becomes your your legacy that whole thing there yeah. so and then i i went through that it was about a, a week and then another three days and then another one day and i realized in that time that you know i'm I'm just scared of everything and you're scared about the unknown and, and all of that. And in that course, within the first week, after the first week, I then yeah. started my first three mini businesses. Okay. Really? <laughs> I can need oh, to do something. that is so awesome. No, but you don't want to know what it was. Well, please <laughs> let us tell us. No. <laughs> Oh, sorry. <laughs> well, the first one, I think, is the is the is the better one. Uh, the idea was solid, but the execution not so great. Um, <laughs> I had I bought these kitty ride machines. I wanted passive income. Okay, so you would think there's a kitty ride machine. People put money in. Ta-da! You know, you get money, but it doesn't really work like that. Those things break all the time. <laughs> and then I used to drive to go and fix the machine. My husband would fix it. But we would drive all the way and it was in in like a draw somewhere. Mm. And then when we get there, you have to have dinner. Then my dinner is like all my profit. <laughs> so, oh, shit. So well. <laughs> oh. And then the second one is I did a, uh, I tried a little bit of farming, urban farming. We, okay. had, a, we had a bunch of rabbits but they're like these big five kilogram rabbits okay and i would take them and they we would sell them for meat to the butchery okay. mm. oh. but guys farming there's no money in farming <laughs> so that didn't work either oh my goodness <laughs> but it was Why something not? like i mean i don't want to be a farmer but i would like to grow my own food <laughs> but yeah. why yeah. no money in farming this is so interesting no oh, but it's and it's lots of work as well anyway it was work for my husband not for me he he used to look after the rabbits <laughs> i had employees without knowing it and then and not paying either and then um and then the third one was cockroaches so we have these big <laughs> spiders okay <laughs> why spiders they're literally like as big as your hand and um it's tarantulas my okay. have this and then we thought that you know what we pay so much for these um cockroaches and i mean we all know how quickly cockroaches will just you know they'll just multiply yeah yeah and then, and then we bought a bucket of these stupid things and then they wouldn't have babies <laughs> like, okay, no, you life, in your life have you heard are you serious your cockroaches refuse to multiply they didn't multiply. So eventually the spiders just ate all the cockroaches. So there's that. Oh <laughs> no, Rita, that was not the business for you. Sorry. That was that is some sort of witchcraft. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, cockroaches refuse to it's like saying rabbits are refusing to multiply. Those things don't need encouragement. Nothing. <laughs> Well, my cockroaches refused to multiply, so yeah, that didn't work either. But anyway, it it was a good thing, I suppose, that it didn't work because then um, eventually somebody at work um, they were talking about how 
her husband bought a place through a lawyer and they were going to repossess this place and her husband bought a property and then she was talking about the project and how they're busy fixing it and selling it and all that and I'm like where do you find these things how can I find a lawyer that will do this and I don't know for some reason it's like you know it's it's like Google it, it yeah. listens to what you talk about and then yeah. next minute I'm watching YouTube something and whoop up pops a, a little thing about property and how to find properties and how to do that. I'm like, okay, let's go. And that's where it all started. Okay. That's amazing. And then the first prop that the first then the first property that you found that was a dis deceased or distressed property, was it in 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 Gauteng or did it happen in Cape Town? So I ended up my first property, I ended up doing a few at the same time. I think I did like four at the same time. No way. Um, Crazy yeah. woman. Yeah, From I zero to I, four. If I knew then what I know now, I don't think I would have done it. But I know. Wow, this is so <laughs> I can't was stupid. So I just did, did you buy anyway. four properties at once? Yeah, and, and the, so the one was a, um, a two and a half thousand square meter a stand it had one house on it um an old okay. house and then one new house and this guy immigrated and he didn't want to finish the other four so okay. i thought okay, cool and i had all these cool ideas about how i'm going to you know subdivide and then we're going to sell the two then build more yeah those those stories yeah work at all yeah right, <laughs> yeah, right. that didn't work but we did yeah. finish we did finish yes. Eventually, and my my project that I was told would be six months turned into a two year project. <laughs> and um, yeah, and, why, and about why? Do you want to talk to us about? Sorry to interrupt. Uh, the challenges around that. So why two years? Be six months because, and then what happened? <sighs> I think that will help a lot of people listening in. <laughs> Because I think it was, I, I was relying 100% on the builder. Okay, I so I found this property through through a builder that said to me, mm. they have this deal, they built the other little house on there. And I was, I didn't know anything. So they could tell me it was going to be a six month project, but, but you know, it could be a, a but, but the builders will only tell you their portion of the project. So they will tell you it's going to take me six months to build. It's true. It took six months to build. But to get to the stage where you're going to build, all right, you yeah. need to have your NHBRC. Then the plans were expired. Then we had to redo the plans. So it took two, three months uh. just to start building, okay? Sure. Then they started and halfway through, because now I couldn't sell the two, houses in the front, I didn't have money to complete the project. To complete, yeah. And I said, okay, it's fine. Since I have this house of mine that I bought for 470, which was now worth like almost 2 million now, I thought, sure. let me take some equity from there and finish the building this, this, this uh, property. Mm. Okay, fantastic. However, when I did that, I didn't know when when on my house I did a little extension mm. 
And yeah. when we did the extension, I got my plans, they were approved, everything. But when the bank said, okay, but this is actually a sectional title house, you also need your sectional title diagrams to be updated. I never did that. So back to the SG's office, and then they had got offline for a month. <laughs> so it's like, wow. ah, no. So eventually I got money um in november and then it's december <laughs> now everybody's off and it in january february and oh, then, uh, yeah and then i think the the last thing that took about eight months um and so was that to actually get the sectional title register completed on the property so to do that i need to um there was new legislation that now came in that wasn't there before, you had to now do what they call a spluma certificate. Yes, pluma. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and this was, this was in the beginning of here. spluma when nobody even knew what to do to get approved with spluma. Yes, like. And then that took like another eight months to, to get sorted out. But wow. Eventually it was finished and I had tenants. And even then to get my, because I was in between with all of these things and I just said, listen, I'm, I can't wait another year without getting any income. I just put tenants in. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, let me just get some money because everything's finished. Now I'm paying for security to, to because now the place is getting vandalized. So I can't have it empty. Oh, I know. Right. And then while we were going through that whole spluma process, then I was doing paving and walls and oh, it just it felt like it was never going to end. But it eventually did. But it took two years instead of the six months I was thinking oh, it would be. Goodness! Wow, man! I, yeah, wow. no. <laughs> was it worth yeah. it? Like, did you turn around yeah. and like think, oh my gosh, this has been worth it? Was what were some of the lessons that you learned from there that you now use? as you move on as an investor all right well yeah so from a I'll, I'll, i'm going to say yes and no mm -hmm. so from a property perspective it was worth it because in the process i built a a nice balance sheet oh, oh by the way i also did it wrong i bought it in my personal name instead of in in a company oh yeah Okay. Yeah, which mm. is the other mm. thing. So it's still there in my personal name. But the good thing is that the nice thing is that I learned so much about every single thing. And all of that has helped me now to really be able to question people when they tell me things now. I'm like, yeah. uh -uh, what about that? I know it doesn't take six months. I know it doesn't take two months. Absolutely. So, so Absolutely. the learnings from that is totally priceless. Okay. So from that point of view, it was it was so so worth it um and but from a personal point of view um it wasn't and i've actually never told anybody the story before but i actually lost my best friend because of this property oh wow and, and it was she invested in the property with me so she gave some money as well but um i was i was new in 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 the property. property game i didn't know what i was doing she didn't know what she was doing and i didn't understand in terms of um you know make sure that you're we had a shareholders agreement they got going into this thing but i bought it in the wrong structure eventually i 
um, we didn't define, we defined our roles and responsibilities. Fine. We never operated no. in that way and we never held each other accountable. So it's a, both our faults, you know. I just carried on because I'm like, sure, this thing must finish. I've got so much money in this property. I must finish it. And yeah. I was leaving her behind in terms of yeah. knowledge and understanding and where we are. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so yeah. eventually all communication yeah. broke down. Um, and, and that's uh, not, and the end of not worth it from that point of view. I see. That's such an important thing to learn, yeah? yeah? Just yeah. buying in the right entity can preserve relations. Just that many things. And understanding, yeah? you know, for me, the learnings from that is, is that communication is so important when you work with other right. people. Right. It is so, so you cannot, you know, schedule it in your diary once a week and don't ever cancel it for whatever reason. And if you define the roles and responsibilities in that meeting, you clearly align and say, okay, well, you said you're going to do this. Did you do that? Do you still want to do it? Are we changing it? Document everything yeah. you guys decide together. Awesome. We're working with, um, uh, we're busy looking at a property now as well. We, the two partners are so upset with each other. They were also friends. Yeah. Um, that invested together in a property. And right now they are so upset with each other that they don't even talk to each other anymore. Okay. They they talk through their lawyers. So they can't even be in the same room together without a mediator. Oh my and God. nine out of 10 times, it's purely just because of communication and bringing people along with you in the journey. I if know. they don't understand something, learn together, you know. Yeah. If I learn yeah. something about property, you yeah. must also learn about it so that so okay. that your knowledge and your understanding keeps up with each other. And, with each and other. I am such a big believer in that. So my sister and I decided to do property together, and I didn't just sign myself up for coaching. I signed her up as well. So yeah. we have the same coach, we have yeah. the same meetings, we have the same process of thinking, everything. But I've seen that, you know, mm. I've seen it even mm. just with my team. Like I report mm. just running a company. I report the smallest bare basic things mm. in mm. team meetings because like you need to take people along. Otherwise, people just feel like this is about you it becomes your show and it's yeah. not really about the yeah. business and the yeah. vision itself yeah oh i love this podcast how it just changes it morphs into its own thing and retta you brought this element that no one has ever really spotlighted it like you are doing right now this is such an incredibly and what i'm understanding is that because because I, I I happen to be a a Sakisizwe trust person, we have our money has partnered with M Five Property Addicts where where you work and with the company you own, and what I see is you know I remember the very first time that I I met M Five Property Addicts, it was a rudimentary little place that we met underneath a building, a building that M5 uh, Property Addicts had just uh, renovated partially, partially, yeah. but it wanted to communicate to 
to the Sarkisizwe members how, how that money has been used. I like I, I get what you're saying, hey? Mm-hmm. We didn't even I don't think I had a chain at that meeting. It was literally underneath the building, yeah? yeah. At the basement of the building. And I think also if you're gonna work with with um you know, if it's just you and one or two other people, the more people you bring into that relationship, you know, it's almost right. like you're like men with multiple wives. One wife you think is difficult, but try five. <laughs> it's like you're getting married. So you need to now understand. Yeah. And 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 it's very important. Um, and I think it's a good thing also from a um, a partnership point of view that DJ has also his whole life, he's been in an environment where uh, he's done change management in companies, which goes along with communication um, and, and that sort of thing. So my my lack of, thereof, I've learned so much from him about how to communicate better and make right. sure that everybody goes along. Right. With me and my numbers, I'm just like, the number says no, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you have to tell the story about why it's like that. why you know? yeah. Um, so, yeah so yeah. that's very very important but you are talking to something else now Rieta, because you are play you are talking about playing to your strengths so for someone who is listening to us and doesn't know who TJ is, Daurai Jack was on our podcast last year sometime. I don't know what podcast number it is. He's, he's a member of the team at M5 Property Addicts. He's, ama- he's amazing. He's a, he's a teacher. So what you're saying is playing to his strengths. He is, he is the communicator. He's out there. He understands change management and he understands the importance of communication. Then you don't have to worry about that. You worry about the books and the numbers that the company is doing. That's incredible. Yeah, exactly. And it's always yeah. just when you, did, when you think about partnering with someone together, you can do so much more. So it's important yeah. at some point if you want to grow and you want to scale your business, you yeah. absolutely have to get get other people involved. But yep. then when you go into that relationship, it's mm. important to um, to say, well, what are my strengths and what's the other person's strengths? Because if you end up being the same person, you're going to get into, um, into conflict, right? Because yep. now both of you want to do this. Nobody does um, the other part of it. So it's important to have complementary um, strengths uh, and and where you and and intentionally partner with somebody that has those uh, that can supplement or complement um, you in in the business. I like that. I, I like. genuinely, genuinely love that. Oh. As much as I love having, as much as I would love having my sister as part of my business, I think we'll kill each other. <laughs> Yeah, I think if you're wildly different, like my sister and I are very different in how we do things like she, I feel like the only reason why even property magicians exist and why wealthy money has grown the way it has is because my sister is a branding genius. She's a branding and marketing genius. So like literally my entire brand started with zero and wealthy money has grown from I don't know any networks. We didn't have like much in terms of the business and it grew because of that. So mm-hmm. I think what you're talking about is also, as Misa said, knowing your strengths and letting yeah. the other person 
do what they do best. Because I think often in a partnership, we want to be the person that goes and does everything, you know? And if that's not your strength and it's not what you're about, you're going, you're going to step on each other's toes and you're actually not going to be able to utilize the other person's strengths. Yeah. yeah. That is, that is. So, Reta, why then, how do you even move into student accommodation and why does it make sense so much for you? Was it, you said it was by default, but you keep doing it again. Yes. What about the fact that teenagers are such a headache? I'm, I'm one of those, my hand is up. I'm one of those that me and 17 year olds, mm -mm, no thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I think, well, you know, for me, the, the, the whole student thing comes in that I'm a very big believer in solving problems. And, and the bigger the problem, the bigger opportunity for you as well, right? I see. Yeah. And student accommodation for me, is a, it's a huge problem um, across the country. All and right. there's a very big gap in, in so you, you get your your private accommodation which is very much i'm renting an apartment for my child and it's people yeah. that can afford for the kids to go to university right yes. and then you get the the part as well which is your bursary students which is your um nsf students where yeah. those are the the poor the poor people that really can't afford uh, education for the for their kids but then there's this huge in between of people that can't afford for their kids to go to, to university um, and never mind accommodation in the first place. So maybe they can afford the class fees, but those kids end up going to really um, overcrowded, um, bad environment places, yeah. houses, you know, yeah. and that's where you'll see um, and you'll find that you know, you go in and you view a property and in, in some of the places that where we've put up um, accommodation last year, you know, those kids were just happy to have a mattress to sleep on because they didn't even have mattresses where they came from. Yeah. So so for me, it's, it's about how do we solve this student accommodation problem? How do we make it good accommodation, but at the same time... Affordable. Um, affordable for people, mm. you know? mm. Mm. So, and then I think the that's so that's the the bigger problem for me in, mm. in accommodation overall, and then also there's the there's the social aspect of it where yeah for me it's every single year I have students that that come through, and uh, the one year I had a student there that he's. I was, I was actually, I was, I was like, I, I didn't even realize we have um, environments like this in South Africa still, where yeah. he's never even used a microwave before. He's yeah. never had running water. Yeah. And and you know, and and we had to literally, but not even uh, well with him specifically. You know, we had to teach him all of all of these things. And we, he, he's never had pizza. So we, I, one day, I, from time to time, I order pizza for the for the students, and he was like, "No, this isn't food. <laughs> it doesn't. <laughs> no, it's not food at all." <laughs> you think you're treating this child? Meanwhile, I was like, "Nah." <laughs> that thin slice of bread. 
Are you kidding me, Reta? No. <laughs> <laughs> like, mm, no, it's fine. I'll have my, I'll have my food. You you can have that. So so um, so for me, it's, it's and it's for me, it's amazing to see them grow. I mean, my first years from last year are now second years, and all the things that I used to preach to them about when they were first years, they are now preaching to the first years. <laughs> it's like you can't do this, you can't do that. It's like. Could I, oh. I, I taught you well, and you. So I, you know, for me, it's it's all about those things, and and it really is about, um, you know, just just helping those those students and and providing a, a good environment for them to stay in. And and again, it's they they're very thankless um, in <laughs> in the little monsters I call them. Of but, course, <laughs> but you know, it for me being able to to help and be part of that ecosystem of so maybe i must put it maybe i must also share this so when okay. i was younger my parents okay. always it was like you know people ask you what do you want to be one day yeah yeah i always said i want to be a kindergarten teacher okay that was my that's what i wanted to do i don't want to like do anything else that's what i or social worker that was what i wanted to do Oh, but then eventually I ended up doing chemical engineering, which is, again, why I say, say that I do what other people tell me to do, not what I want to do, because my dad yeah. said I do that. But yeah. then, so for me, this is almost a very nice mix of being able to almost be a teacher because I'm teaching them a lot of life things that they wouldn't normally learn. And then at the same time, also helping on the social aspect because a lot of those kids were helping them with food, we're helping them with um, bedding when they come in, etc. So we're helping more than just giving a house, um, and and helping the country in in having more educated people. I mean, we need it, right? We're in desperate mm -hmm. need of that. So I, I like mm -hmm. just being part of that ecosystem. I like that. I, I, I like how your your social work came in a roundabout way and it's working in your business without yeah exactly. right the engineer who ends up uh, uh, contributing to a social to, to a social problem that that is such an incredible thing now Reta, let me tell you where i heard about you the first time and when i started no i started following m5 property edits before but i think one of our guests Lise, a young man who has been mentored by yourself. I think you were just arriving in Cape Town or something like that. Um, what, he's, he's one of your mentees or he was one yeah. of your mentees. That's how, that's how I met your name uh, the first time. So is mentorship something that you do formally or is it because the social, the social worker in you has finally come to life? <laughs> <laughs> So, I, I, again, I think it comes to, to down to, you know, I just have this, I think my internal driving force is, is just about helping people. Yeah. And um, initially I thought, well, let me try some coaching on property. And then I, I got hold of Leakley on, on Facebook and I met with him and then he's like, you know, I really want to do this, but I have no money. And I'm like, flip. Okay, I like this guy so much. I can see he has the passion to drive. <laughs> it's like, fine, I won't charge you. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, okay. Now I'm not making money, but it's okay. <laughs> so, so 
so eventually, um, you know, I, I just I met with him and, and he was such an amazing, amazing person that he's like yeah. totally non-apologetic about dropping out of school. He's like, that's what I want. He knows exactly where, what he wants, where he wants to go. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, normally when I do coaching, um, it, it's, it's hard for me. I actually recently did an article for the Real Estate Investors magazine where I said property coaches suck. <laughs> <laughs> and and you know why because it really it, it kills me when I, I work with people and I can see they need to do this and they want to do it but then you'll work with them and they're all excited for two three sessions and then after that they just disappear they do. Like, you know how do you give up on your dream is that really your dream then yeah. Sure, you know? right? and, and so just, why do you think that happens? I don't know that they disappear. They do. Some do. Some yep. do. I've had people that paid 60, not this was when I taught through another company. They would pay 65,000 rands. Okay. Oh my gosh. And they'll pitch for two sessions, maybe three, and you'll never hear back from them. I'll be calling, I'll be following up. You know, if you're spending that kind of money to do something for yourself and you don't show up, you might as well spend a million. It's it's not going to get you there. You you need your brain and your time and your energy. Otherwise, you're not going to get anywhere, no matter how much money you throw at it. Although, like, as you're talking, I'm like, Misa, we did do a disappearing act with one particular man. Oh, we did. Oh, we We did. did. And we can, we can, we can, we can share that. We can share the lessons about that. So, yeah. so Greta, the um, and oh well, Mina. For me, this this is twice now, right? Because mm-hmm. I was with another with another company and and trying to do mentorship. That there are two things that I see, Reta, that that happens. The match of the mentor and the mentee is totally key as well, mm-hmm. because I didn't. The mentor was not hearing me. The mentor was totally tone deaf on the last mm. company. I don't know how your sense was, Bangile, because oh, yeah, I was I was 500 meters a little ahead, and I wanted my mentor to meet me there. But the mm. mentor was so set on their own PowerPoint slides that this is mm. what they are gonna talk about. Mm. So that was one of the reasons that I dropped out as a as a mentee. So there's, 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 there's lots of other things that happened there and we had already paid. Yeah, yeah we also that, that chemistry is, is very important. I mean, that's it why it worked so well with Lichty and me, I think, is yeah. because, um, you know, we just had, had that connection um, yeah. from the beginning. Yeah. yeah, he's got energy. I mean, even mm. when you, you probably didn't want to have a session, you will have a session with Lichty because he's relentless. <laughs> right he's got energy boundless energy and he 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 lives he lives and breathes his dream every single moment you know he will call you randomly and send you a message randomly at 12 midnight because he's up and he's just found this youtube that he's so excited about (laughs) (laughs) and i think that is the lesson for people out there if Mm. you want if you want a a mentor yeah um, it really is about the energy that you bring to the relationship because Mm -hmm. you know we we look at young people and we're like 
your I wish I still had that much drive and energy and the, the, or, the or not even that, but like the whole world is your oyster and you yeah. want to help those people. But yeah. so so if you bring that energy and and action and speed, right? Mm-hmm. So if I work with somebody, if I say to you, okay, well, you know what, go do the spreadsheet, this is how you do the the, the numbers, this is blah, 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 and you take a week, two weeks to get back to me, it's like, are you, is, is there urgency? But speed of execution, I think, is very important. If you work with somebody that is your your mentor and you really want to, to go go far and deep and whatever into that relationship, it's, it's about speed, commitment, and just drive and energy, you know? Yeah. But what about someone like me? I'm very slow, Rita. It's one of the things that, like, and it's not because I just learn at a different pace and I'm very slow. I make, I can take six months to make a decision, but it doesn't look like it because I run this business, right? And things are constantly coming out with wealthy money. So a lot of people come to me and they're like, you must never sleep. You're always busy. I'm like, no, because no. like, it takes me time to make this decision. <laughs> By the time this one comes out, by next month, I've made the next one. So it's like yeah, this constant mill that's pushing yeah. out things. But to get there, it's like I work at my own pace. So I get mm-hmm. the ease of the speed of execution. But then, like, I also want to say, make space for people like me who will <laughs> take six to eight months to show up to a thing and to do things. And then, like, eventually one day it looks like, Wow, they work so fast, but actually it's because we're taking six to eight months. Yeah, but I, I think I think you I think maybe uh, yeah we 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 misaligned there because for <laughs> you to be able after six to eight months to get those results that you're talking about, things are happening, da 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 da, da you took a lot of small actions to get there. Mm-hmm. You didn't do nothing. That's you it. were taking action all the time. Even though it wasn't visible, yeah. things were happening. And then all yeah. of a sudden you're ready, you've built that foundation yeah. and now you're pushing things out and it looks like, wow, all of that. But meanwhile, you've been at it for six months. Yeah. So as long as you keep taking action, even if it's a small thing, even if it's just opening property 24, checking a new area, go view a property, even, you know, that's what I say to people. But even That's true. All those that's small true. actions, they add up, and that's what I call um, compounding. Yeah. You know, compounding in money. Yeah. Compounding in time as well. Yeah. yeah. And with the podcast, the more time you put in, the more things you have, it, it doesn't grow linearly. It'll go exponentially. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Your time that has done that now. No. You are absolutely spot on. And then you are talking about your slowness. And fortunately for me, because I have been in the space with you for, 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 for two years, especially building this podcast, it's, it's, it's got its own slowness, but mm. there is lots of conversation. And that's, that's what I'm hearing. There's lots of actioning that is small in the in the in the background. And when someone is talking about speed, and fortunately for me, I, I don't know how I find the, that rhythm that works for me because 
you do not have, you are not at the height of your energy all the time. All of us, you know, we've got our downtime and it, it, and it works very, very well for me in that, in that regard, because I don't feel I could run all the time and give myself a migraine that lasts for 30 days. If yeah. I didn't have somebody who has got a switch off button like then, right? Because she's got a different pace from mine. I just don't have a choice, right? I don't, I'm not going to do the podcast just, just to be I'll just say to me, Zomizo, sorry, we can't do this right now. We can't, you know, it's simple. My body's not working today. And then I'm like, oh, actually my body wanted a rest. And then I find myself resting from that perspective. So for me, it's, it's worked very, very well. It's almost like a regulation that is external from mine. But I find that my body works well because I would never notice that my body is tired. Mm. You know, I'm, I'm that type of a person who will drive, 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 drive until I exhaust myself. Mm. So <clears throat> we've never had a podcast like this, but I know like so powerful. <laughs> okay. Rieta, you're here to teach us that there are different ways to be a real estate investor. Thank you. Exactly what I was talking to Mizo about, like literally a few hours ago, I was like, we were. I cannot do this. And I literally had to go to my mentor and say, I can't work like this. This, this is not how I work. The pace that everybody goes at in the real estate industry, we need to find another way that works for me. So yeah. that was doing a whole different strategy where I'm like, don't worry, this is a crazy, like most people start with this strategy when they are way advanced, but it will work for me because I can then set my own pace. Because I noticed that it was, because I was saying to me, so like I was getting anxious and stressed. You were. Everything yeah. else in the industry, because I work extremely differently, by the way, like Misa says, you know, like I work a lot with timing. I sit with things a lot, Rita, before I say yes to a thing. Like I look at things to uh, from many different angles. I look at it from many different ways. I sit with how it feels in my body. And then I'm like, yeah. And like I said, it doesn't look it doesn't look like it because my business is constantly rolling out things. But those are things that I've sat with and I've gotten my team on board and we sat and we've looked at the strategy. Will this work? Won't it work? Why will this not happen by the time I do something? <laughs> and it's so bizarre because I have a very spontaneous personality and I'll also pull out of things just based on my gut. I'll say mm. yes to things just based on my gut. I'll be like, that sounds like, right? Yes, let's do that. So um, I've struggled. It's been a struggle. Like Misa knows for me in real estate because pace and timing and I'm like, oh no, the seller wants us to do this. Banks want this by this time. I can't. It's so stressful. It goes against my natural rhythm of how I do things. Yeah. Then, but you see, the thing is with property is that you can prepare, have so so to get yourself out of that rush, because it is a rush, right? Now you've signed, now there's timelines, deadlines, mm -hmm. boom, 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 like that. But 80% of that stuff, number one, you can buy a vanilla property that's just a normal sale. But then mm -hmm. everything after that, that comes in that rush period, you can actually prepare that for a year beforehand. 
and be ready at your own time. And then once you sign that contract, it's now just, you know, you're sending that document somewhere and everything else just happens. Yeah. Um, so yeah. the nice thing about that is that you can prepare 80% mm -hmm. of everything that you would need up front. What are some of those things? This is news to me, honestly. I'm like, wow. <laughs> well, if you, if you, for instance, um, are going to take a bond mm. or any kind of finance, you need, you can. So I, I literally, as an example, when I wanted to, to buy my property now in Cape Town, I finally stopped renting for the second time in my life. I still hated it. So I got a property in Cape Town. And then to prepare for that bond period, I called the bond originator before and I said to him, Johan, what do I need? Okay, my situation has changed. I've, I'm in the business now. What, 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 what do I need to do? And he said to me, okay, so you need these statements to be in place. You need these documents to be in place. You need all of those things. And um, I said, okay, fine. And it took me about four months to prepare all of that stuff. And then once I had it, I sent it to him and he just ran with the process because now it's like they just call me, they say, Rita, documents are ready for signature. I go, I sign. Mm -hmm. um, and, and it's a very, property is actually a very slow process. Yeah. You want to sell, you think about it today, if I want to sell something now, 16th of September, it might register February next year. Absolutely. So actually a very slow process, which is good yeah. because, you know, when the market crashes, not everybody can sell their properties at the same time. So it keeps yeah. the everything quite stable, which is quite awesome. Yeah. Yeah, for me, it's that signing OTP stuff. I'm just like, shoot me now. Like, <laughs> <laughs> 30 days to do with bags. I just... But I hear you. <laughs> Not your thing. <laughs> your documents beforehand. So, Reta, let's go back to playing back to strengths uh, because this is so important in property investing. Do you look for properties? Are you in the team that looks for properties and evaluates what you're going to do with it if you need to subdivide or you need to rezone or you need to have plans approved? Do you do the, any of that? Um, I don't really. So we, so there's people that will find um, find the properties and so on, but then I'm the one that's sitting there with the due diligence. I'm like, okay, okay. where's cool. the zoning? Where's the numbers? Did you do your spreadsheet? Let's review it. Let's model it. Let's do different scenarios. <laughs> I don't okay. like this one. What what's the best case? What's the worst case? Um, so I'll sit with with that sort of thing. Um, I do okay. like to where I can. I do like to at least um, you know get one of the more senior people to go, like TJ or myself, Bevan, um, just to go out and view the properties as well. Because sometimes you'll see see more opportunities than you know just somebody that just started. Because you're only going to see what's there. Okay. Um, not necessarily going to look at oh, but look what's down the road. I actually have more opportunity on this property than um, than than you would just see by by being uh, by going there. Absolutely. So I don't I don't really I don't really go out um, and I, I can't really because right now 
This year, we've bought about six or so properties in Poch, and I didn't even leave Cape Town. So, <laughs> oh, okay. Wow. <laughs> so, wow. Have someone in Poch that would be looking at the properties, and then do you have a team at those places? Is what I wanted to ask. That will look through the properties and take videos, or how would that work? Yeah, so exactly that. So we have a um, a team of, of people. So that's very, very important. And I want to just bring that also back to number one, being an entrepreneur, but number two, also in student accommodation specifically. You know, at some point you need you, you need to get employees. <laughs> so you need to say, well, how do I build this business? How do I scale it? And you can only scale it with other people. So you can either partner or you can employ and if you want to say, well, listen, I'm more happy to employ someone part-time, full-time basis, whatever it is, that, that also works works quite well, especially if the, pe- the person has some other experience that, that you might not have had. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so, so in, in this scenario, we have a uh, – I went um, – when the student accommodation business got too big, I then appointed yeah. number one an ops operations manager – And we then got a managing director who is now uh, Terence Richardson. He's the managing director uh, for the the business. And he's actually based in Johannesburg. So he will go to to Poch and he will go and vet the properties, go and view it himself and make sure it's the right thing. Um, But then the ops manager will manage the students and then have the house mothers on site to look after the students. So it becomes a, a very big team very quickly if, if you grow and, and you're not doing it yourself anymore. Exactly. Yeah. But it helps it helps for you to keep focus on what you need to keep yeah, focus and keep focus on the money. Yeah. yeah. Do that, you know, I and and now the ops manager, all of those guys, they're running with the facilities, the projects, buying furniture, all that stuff. Although I miss that part. I like to be part of that. <laughs> I like to finish the place and have it beautiful. That's my, that's what I like to do. But yeah. Um, but, yeah, that's the exciting part. Once it gets boring in the afternoon, I'll manage, manage this thing. Then I'm like, no, it's fine. I'm not going to do that. Oh. Absolutely. Absolutely. But you, you're bringing in such an important thing. We always speak about the tribe that has helped people to grow their portfolio. You are bringing it on a level even higher to say you don't you're not just bring growing a portfolio you're uh, you're growing a business and that means you've got to be prepared to let go and delegate so that you can multiply your time isn't it yes yeah Yeah. and and it's all about that time multiplication because literally you know they say that everybody has the same amount of time it's true but um, when you run a business you can buy time how do you buy time yeah you're employing people, yeah. you know, and yeah. and and that is the only thing. So when you when you all of a sudden you you don't have time to get to everything anymore, then that's the point where you realize and you need to say, well, how do I how do I get more time through? Mm. And then it becomes a whole different ball game because now you're managing all kinds of things that you would never even have thought of. Because now if you started and, and thought about this thing just as a property and a property business, now you're managing people, you're managing employment contracts, you're working with the Department of Labor, you're now working with um, the CCMA possibly if you yeah. 
Probably not, but <laughs> yeah, your text build now, looks different. Mm. Now, all of a sudden, you know, the, the game has changed. You're managing KPIs. How do you make sure that this person is doing what they're supposed to be doing? Mm. Um, and outcomes and, oh, yeah, it, it gets, mm. it now becomes completely different. So now you thought you were getting yourself into property, but actually not. You became an HR manager. <laughs> I was actually about to say that one of the things oh that to appreciate as I've done this entrepreneurship thing is HR managers. I'm sorry to say this. I used to think like, what is the big deal with HR? Now I'm like, <laughs> guys, this is an actual skill set. People need it. It takes time. It takes some maneuvering and time. And I would say also a lot of self-management. That's one of the things that oh, I Because I'm just like... I just like one of the one last week I was telling some friends, they're like, how are you doing? How's like everything going? I was like, I just want to really like find a hole, burrow my head in there and like just cry some days, you know, like I don't want to deal with certain things, you know, because it's like, yeah. it feels, oh, that's so, that is like time now to put on mm. your big girl panties and have certain yep. conversations that you don't want to have. All sorts of yeah. things. And that takes a lot because part of you just wants to just like scream and have a fit. And the other part is like, no, you have to, you're actually running a business. You don't get to yeah. do that. You know, you get to yeah. show up, be mature and have proper yeah. conversations. <laughs> yeah. 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 The biggest so. thing we fight about in the business is uh, who gets the time from the administrator. <laughs> She's mine. No, she's mine. <laughs> oh, I didn't. Today. No, I didn't. <laughs> so, Rieta, before we even move on to the next segment, because you've given us so much juicy stuff, she I has. want to know what was the transition like when you decided to? What was the time when you decided to make this? When did you know that it was time to transition and not be a lone ranger anymore? in um property investing mm, property. such a good question ben. Doing, but when did it come to you that you know what you've just had this experience there's been a personal cost to it but i want to keep doing this and i'm going to actually take that plunge and collaborate with someone on a more professional level and we're going to build a business together yeah how did that happen mm. yeah. So, so I think it. So I'm I'm the kind of person that I <clears throat> I don't don't work well by myself. So <laughs> I like to work with people, and I I do my best okay. brainstorming and my best work when when I'm you know together with with people. And then when I started to get into property, I tried to drag everybody in it with me because now I'm the only one going into this. So I have had a sister and we were very close. We, we grew up very close um, and we did everything together. Okay. So literally I've never been alone my whole life, never did anything by my, just me by myself. Okay. So here I am with property. I'm trying to drag everybody I know into this thing and it's not working. <laughs> Okay. Husband, no, doesn't want anything to do with it. My friend from at work doesn't want anything to do with it. My sister, nah, she's very comfortable. She's not into this right now. And I'm like, holy cow, how am I going to do this? 
I'm I know. all alone, just me for the first time in my life. I was scared to death. <laughs> oh, I see. I can't do this by myself. Yeah. So then, well, I, I just said, well, either I, they're here or they're not here. I'm, I'm doing it. Okay. And, um, and then I was basically just doing it alone for about a year. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of that year, uh, when we then, when I then met up um, with uh, with Tarai at that point, then it, it was just that, you know, I've, I've, I'm okay to continue by myself. Um, but my natural fallback position is, is working with people. With people. And then it just, you know, I'm like, great. Now I, now I have finally have that person that I've been trying to drag into this. I finally, the person found me and now, and now we can make it, we can work together. Absolutely. Absolutely. You guys, how did you guys have that conversation to say, you are going to do this, I'm going to do this, and this is how we're going to run this business? So when we started, I don't think we've ever had that discussion. (laughs) Oh, wow. So so what happened is that um, we, he actually, he came down. So when I moved to Cape Town, they left off my furniture, well, a big part of my furniture couldn't fit into the truck Mm. and I put a message out on Facebook and I said can somebody I will pay for you it's December I'll pay for your holiday I'll pay for three nights in Cape Town all your petrol please just bring uh just bring a a a thing with my rest of my furniture along with you Mm. at that stage Jenna I coached with uh Genevieve and um yeah we knew each other and then she responded and she's like, I haven't seen my family in Cape Town in such a long time. I'm doing it. So they then um, came down to Cape Town and I said, I said to them, you know what, you've only been here for three days. Why don't you guys come and stay at my house so you can at least be here a bit longer? Okay. Oh, I didn't so have nice. more, stay for more nights for them. Thank goodness. Because then they came to stay at my house and um, I then said to TJ, you're, I don't know what to do because I've been struggling in Cape Town. Well, I've been um, I'm, I'm looking to to for properties, but I can't find good cash flowing properties. Yeah. Okay. I'm really struggling with that, and but I've got these people uh, that I that I had in my network now from the from the last year that have money, but I don't have I can't find properties to give to them, and I think his head just went like. Hey. <laughs> Wait, I have properties. <laughs> so it so the initial agreement was that okay, Rieta will bring the money, TJ will bring the properties, and then we'll we'll see we'll see where that goes. Mm-hmm. And then you know that kind of thing shifted and became more refined as as time went by. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas we 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 are now, you know, we've got clearly defined these are roles, responsibilities, and and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But just when we started, it was really just because, you know, I had something he needed, and he had something I needed, and and it it just worked like that. Ah, oh, that is so powerful. I like that. Yeah, that is so so powerful. Wow, yes. Rita, you've given us so much. I don't know if Mizo has any more questions, but I am full. 
I am speechlessly full, right? She's, yeah, she changed the whole podcast. And I'm so grateful because we've really never had an angle like this. And it's, yeah. an, it's such an important thing because people think when we get into property investing, it's just the investing really that matters. Mm -hmm. And you've given us lots and lots of nuggets that are beyond the money, beyond the brick and mortar as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So thank you so much. The water part of property investing is about 10% of what you do. Mm. Isn't it just? Isn't it just? Yeah. I'm and so full. Yeah, like That's I feel like we learned so much from this podcast as well, you know? So I feel like today just to be able to finally say outside of me or that, oh, certain things just don't work for me, you know, and to just, own that and then to hear that okay there's other ways that you can do this so i can do my strategy and do all that those other ways and prepare myself during the year as i'm working the other strategy <laughs> i love this so much so thank you okay let's move yeah, on to it was fun thing. being here and having a chat with you ladies it was awesome yeah Ooh. don't go just yet Rieta. we oh. have the next segment coming up <laughs> a short segment on to the next segment of our show, Magical Feedback from our hosts, where our hosts share their three takeaways from today's episode. So guys, it's time for Magical Feedback. Whew, I'm going to let Misa start us off. This podcast was too good. podcast was so good. I don't know which one to choose, right? I really don't. Okay, let's start with this one. Then right at the beginning, uh, Reta says when she was in her job at the workplace, they, she says they made a mistake of sending her to a workshop on mm. mindset training. And she went there while she was full-time employed. And that's where she discovered that she was afraid of everything. Mm -hmm. And in all of her life up to that point, she had only done what other people wanted her to do, including becoming a chemical engineer, right? And she, yeah. and she calls it a mistake, but can you see how something that the workplace was trying to probably motivate, team build or whatever, and she, she, she was challenged for the first time to see wow. that even her choice of career was not what she had chosen, really chosen. Yeah, mindset, incredibly important, hey? Wow, mindset is ultra important. It's everything. So I yeah. genuinely love that takeaway. Thank you for that, Mizo. Um, yeah. So my takeaway was um, how she had, she started so Back to the mindset thing. After that, she started three businesses that didn't work out. <laughs> I said, I know. My takeaway from that is that she didn't think maybe business is not for me, which I keep hearing people saying when they come no. to me, right? So like they'll hear a lot of people will be like, oh my gosh, 
everyone that you interview on the Money Magic podcast, it seems like all the students eventually start having side businesses, etc. Like, and then people will say, business is not for me. And what I love about Rita, she was like, oh, this business didn't work out. Let me try the next. Let me try the next. Let me try the next. I know. That works for her. And like, if you listen to most of us, yourself included, Mizo, we've had many different businesses, you know, before we landed on the one that we're like, this is the one, this is the one that's working, you know, so what I so my takeaway from that is guys just because one or two or even five businesses haven't worked don't think that entrepreneurship and business is not for you or you right it's maybe it's just you didn't find the one that aligns with you that clicks for you so that is my major takeaway which I'm a firm believer of I really 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 I laughed while she was saying I'm like yeah yeah okay Spiders and tarantulas and cockroaches that don't, jeez. Oh, <laughs> that wasn't her thing, Shame. She didn't have the cockroach thumb. <laughs> <laughs> like people that have green fingers, she didn't have the green finger for cockroaches. She really didn't, eh? Well, guys, I, I, liked, I like this one. I like this one very much because when we do the first session at Prop Doc Mom, we do the big why. And at the end of each one of those first sessions, I tell my mentees that challenges are going to be there. And when your big why is not strong enough, let me tell you, you're going to give up. And then you're going to say property investing doesn't work. Ask me. I've had a whole big challenge. One, two, three, four, five. But Reta went and, and 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 in bullet form told us every one of the challenges in the one property that she bought it was a good property 2000 square meters it's got four houses there what could go wrong but she ran out of money the plans were expired she didn't know that sectional title um, <clears throat> plans needed to be updated and then it was holidays during construction, so everything shut down, it de- delays of the project. She had change of legislation, Spluma came into effect <laughs> while, <laughs> while she was on the same project. And she didn't have proper agreements with her, with her partner friend, right? So, and, and, and all of those things can happen within the property investing journey. But ask uh, Ackerman or someone who owns uh, Coca-Cola if they don't have such such um, challenges and do they give up? Not really. Not really. Because their why is stronger than those challenges. Right. That's my takeaway. Yeah, that is so, so powerful, Mizo. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And um, my second takeaway is how um, Rieta spoke about just, and this is the second time this is coming up in yeah. weeks for us, because remember with Muluko, he told us about also the importance of having a proper structure. Again, guys, I come back to this buying property together, right? And really thinking it through. So Rieta has spoken to us about this and she said, 
because there wasn't like not buying in the proper structure had such a deep impact where she lost a valuable friendship right yeah and it's so mm. important to understand all those things so literally sitting down with a lawyer an accountant a coach and knowing exactly what these structures are is so so important and understanding why it is that you have the structure that you have and what the role of each person is in the structure right yeah. i think that is so so important to us it's going to cause major problems in the long run i think so, so oh my gosh yeah this is so powerful so it i think is. and when you contrast it with muluko who bought with his cousins but because they had the proper structure in place it was, it was easy just, too no, i will just this is business i buy you out keep it moving right then they resigned as as as, as mm. directors I, absolutely and this month happens to be estate planning and wills month in south africa yeah so this is the time to think about it please guys if you are married in community of property think with your husband how you're going to structure this if you are in partnership and you've bought together a property think about how you are going to write those agreements and how you write it in both your wills your separate wills right very very critical okay i am in two minds about what i want to choose okay let me choose this one because it is about a, a property did you see how rieta um speaks about student accommodation ben with yeah. lots of passion yeah. lots of passion one she's picked a strategy mm -hmm. she's picked a strategy that speaks to her she mm -hmm. sees a social pro problem that she wants to solve she says it is gratifying financially and then it comes with the thankless monsters because teenagers and students can be such monsters but it comes with all of those elements but she's keeping him her mind on the money and mm -hmm. she's got what she's got an operations manager she's got a house mother at each one of those student accommodations she's managing the the negatives of student accommodation but she's picked a strategy did you hear her speak about the other strategies she's not interested in those right mm -hmm. and i'm the first one to say student accommodation i would find it hard because i don't want to deal with teenagers but guys every strategy has got a partner pick mm -hmm. your poison pick yes. your poison i, I really like that and she wants to pick your poison you know pick your poison guys strategy does have a pro and a con right yeah. and so my takeaway from that also mm. is just like how she said how she was like you can structure you can manage yourself for the environment right okay. so you can like i know i don't like running from pillar to post i don't like being rushed i get upset with dates all those things and it's like you can hire people to do certain things Absolutely. you can uh, organize documentation beforehand so all this stuff you don't have to do it alone and honestly it's just talking i'm like i think i'm going to just have to like build an actual team for the property company people that yeah. do that cuz like documentation and things like that i'm going to literally have to have my 
own personal assistant just for that kind of stuff, you know, Absolutely. just for my own personal property thing. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. So important and so, so um, powerful. So yeah. I really, really enjoyed this episode. Not for, not just because it wasn't our traditional property episode but shared such great nuggets on such on the deep emotional things that we never really get to talk about that much you know Absolutely. yeah Absolutely. so guys, i really like that now on to the journey to magical expansion where we ask our guests the same five questions we ask every guest so, welcome to Magical Expansion. As usual, you start us off, guys. Absolutely. Retta, can you tell me and our listeners what book changed your life? It can be a business book, real estate book, um, book of life, fables, whatever. Uh, <laughs> I, I, you know, it's such a cliche. I think everybody has this, but it's really two, two books, really. The, one, the first one mm-hmm. was Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Okay. From Robert Kiyosaki, but I didn't really understand what I was reading at the time. But it was very interesting. The first time. And I knew yeah. this money and property. Okay. Yeah. So and then I, I started googling and and that sort of thing. And and because it piqued my interest in property and how that assets work, I think that's what Google picked up and it gave me the training course and that really changed my life. So that is the the one. But then also the second one I want to mention is the 10x rule from Grant Cardone. Yes. And I mean, that book, it just takes you into a different mindset of you thought you were doing the right things before. Mm -mm, You were dreaming. (laughs) You need to 10x that (laughs) to really get what you want. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. That's nice. That's nice. Yeah. 10x. threatens my energy because I could run like that but it does it does cajole people who are sitting and not doing the things mm-hmm. that they dream about doing as well yeah yeah, yeah. I actually have it on my Kindle I'm reading yeah. it at a very very slow pace <laughs> <laughs> but you must listen to the audiobook so I listen yeah. to the audiobook and Grant Cardone himself you know he's like a very He'll, he'll, you'll be reading it, but just listening to him, he, he just gets that motivation going. But maybe not yeah. for you, your luck. I think the two of you might not tell so well. <laughs> he's very much, he's too much. He's like 10 eggs, he's too much. <laughs> yeah, we like Grant Cadone. We love his podcast, though, but we both say that. We're like, oh my gosh. He's crazy. <laughs> He's so crazy. He makes you you he makes you want to go crazy as well. There we found him on a podcast, on a US podcast, and we listened to two of his podcasts and we would text about him the whole day. Bangila was in, in, in Thailand at the time. Did you hear him? He said, Did you hear that? Oh my gosh, Grand Cardone is crazy, guys. He is but he's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we found someone else that is more to my liking, but Mizo fell in love with her. Like, yeah. uh, what's her name? Denise. Can't remember her last name, but she does. Darfield. Yeah. Darfield Thomas. Yeah. Absolutely amazing. <laughs> I'll, I'll definitely, I've never seen that one. I'll definitely. You have to. She, she wrote a book called um, 
Dead Rich Lucky Beach. And then she wrote, um, what did she write? What is it, Ben? The one that you like, the one. I keep repeating it, children, yeah. Children, yeah. Oh, my. Yeah, no. And she's got a new podcast. So it's it's an amazing book that we can actually get the 10x results without working 10x because you set up the systems to get 10x results you you will love it Retta, because it is it is it it almost like looks like two sides of a coin from grant cardone but mm-hmm. not it really speaks to my female energy so i think for female entrepreneurs the children is an important book yeah okay. it really, really and one day can i put it here one day i hope we can interview that woman on our podcast that would be so nice. put it into the into the universe now so it's gonna happen no, we've done it we've done it <laughs> that's it Dennis. <laughs> she has my kind of energy this is like she so does. she resonated with me because Mizo was like it's basically like listening to vanilla as i was reading this book i told everyone i was like oh my god it's like listening to myself as i read this book <laughs> she just affirmed everything i believe in it's like she's the same she's like she doesn't like yeah a lot of energy she's very chilled everything i'm like oh my god this is so awesome like working at at nice steady pace where things keep getting you keep planting seeds i think that it's a pace that says plant seeds and as they start to bloom you plant more seeds Mm -hmm. you know but in a nice steady steady pace so yeah. yeah Rieta, what keeps you inspired? What keeps me inspired? The thought that soon I'm going to have my own jet. <laughs> yes, girl. I love that. <laughs> oh, said that on this podcast. Rieta, I want to be one of those people that can use your debt, have access to the debt and have money enough to have access to the debt to say, well, we'd love to use it this weekend if you don't mind, Reta. And, <laughs> and then you rent it out, Reta. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> That's amazing. That's amazing. I'm with you on that inspiration. Thank God, goodness, someone is thinking about it. Evangela, you, you had one on the yachts. Remember when you were in Malaysia? Oh, that, that is happening. Yachts are definitely yeah. my thing. The yacht is yeah. a thing. It is happening. I even have a whole strategy with some friends in Bali. Yeah. When I was in Bali, we sat down and I was like, Misa, oh my God, do you know we come up with a strategy as to how we can make this yacht thing happen? Yeah. So yeah, it's still in the pipeline. <laughs> For my mission for 2020, I said that I'm going to um, I'm going to be presenting to investors on a yacht. Ooh. That was my mission. And then freaking lockdown happened. And I had I actually I actually spoke to somebody that said that he works on a yacht. Okay. Because I'm also a big believer in that. Like I said now, when you say it out loud, then yeah. things will start to happen to make to give you what you want. It does. Okay? It does. So I then said that beginning of the year, I said, I want to do that. Then 
a couple of months, like six weeks later, I met a guy at a networking event. He actually works on a yacht and oh. he's, he was into property and there were some guys, uh, the owners or whatever of that yacht said to him, if he ever has a good deal, he can come and present it to them. And then he was like, yeah, but where do I find a good deal? I'm like, I got one for you. So it was all lined up and then yeah. lockdown happened. Yeah. I, I was like, no, no. So I'm doing it. I'm doing it again. I'm making it my new mission for next year. Oh, my That's God. It. I'm so excited. <laughs> That's it. Here it is. And we spoke about the yacht in 2019, by the way. Mm -hmm. yeah. And as soon as I spoke about it, I started floating it to certain friends. And they're like, oh, this is how this can be done. So I'm like, I see it. It just, I feel like for travelers and just if you love yeah. it. You know what? The thing is, you, you need to talk. Okay. So you, you really, you need to talk about those things with people because I didn't know. I only I found out by talking through some people that owned supercars, so Lamborghini, yeah. whatever. Did you know that you can buy a Lamborghini and the price that you pay on your lo car loan is the same that you would pay on any other car? So what the banks will do, the finance that they give for investment cars are different to the finance that they would give for a normal car. No. Yes. No way. Yes. What do you mean? So, for instance, it's a business. Uh, well, the, the 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 period is different because it's an investment car. It's not just five years. It's much longer. So your payment really? become less. What? So people sometimes that drive Lamborghinis and what what they don't if they take it on a loan they don't pay more than you. This is heartbreaking, guys, and inspiring and heartbreaking both at the same time because you're telling the truth. I was talking to a friend on Zoom the other day. He's international and he loves he loves Porsches, right? And he tells me about this Porsche 356 and that it's older than me, it's over 50. And 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 as he's talking, I Googled this Porsche 356. And there's one going for something like 5 million in South Africa. And he's like, yeah, in euros. Oh my gosh, that's so affordable. Gosh, I should have bought this car when I was in South Africa. Now that makes sense. And I'm like, why would you buy it? He says, because when I sell it next year, it will be much more than that. And I can buy it for your 2 million in euros is like 200 euros. So that's affordable, 200,000 euros. So I can do that and I can sell it and it will be with two million past another million on top. That is so, so incredible. So it's important to talk to people that have owned yachts, that have owned jets, that have owned these supercars. Mm. How do you buy them? Yeah. Ask those questions when you in their company. I mean, you've, if you've never bought one of those, then there are probably ways that you don't even know exist on how you can do it actually right now. Yep. Yep. Oh my gosh, this is so fascinating. So like I hadn't even thought of that because 
they how we're gonna do it how we've been talking about this was like it's under a business just like you said they explained everything like that if everybody it's basically if everybody gets shares in this business and the yacht is then allocated as to how it's used every year and it can be part of the business if i host retreats on the yacht which Mm -hmm. i'm like of course i'll host retreats on the yacht you know so it's just all that you're saying it's just Again, like you need to be in those conversations, which for me is a big belief that if you've never done something before, you need to find people that are doing those things and be in those rooms, having those conversations, sitting down and hearing what it is that they are doing to make these things happen. And sometimes it's it's about networking and how do you get yourself into that network? So mm-hmm. what I did once is I I, I bought a, a entry level but just good enough supercar to get me mm. into the supercar club. Never <laughs> <Yeah>, girl. <laughs> oh, so I was attending all the supercar events and the but connections that you make with the banks in those clubs. They offer you products that they offer no one else. Oh you will know about I believe you. that you have never heard of before. I believe you. Oh, my goodness. And that I believe you. was the entry ticket to get to know about those things. Mm. I totally believe you. It makes a lot of sense to me, Arieta, because, you know, when I was telling Mizo, she knows my story, that when I wanted to start doing um, – when I wanted to grow my business and I didn't know how to do oh, yes. that, I wanted to access the international market. I just started joining international masterminds. Right. I was like, I'll just pay to join these masterminds. Mm-hmm. And that's how I grew my network internationally. You yeah. know, I started growing my network that way. So sometimes it's like you're buying your way into networks, which I think is it's the easy for me. I find that to just be the easiest because now you are in the room. Nobody can debate whether or not you belong in the room. You're here. It's happened. Now let's have conversations. Absolutely. Yeah. This is so network, incredible. That network that you're in, and and the opportunities that just comes from it. But just being there, it it yeah, you know, it's really really priceless. Ah, uh, this is this is yeah. This is beyond, this is the, we did call it the journey to magical expansion, guys. We're yeah. not playing about that, right? So, Reta, tell me, is there anything you wish you had known before embarking on your property investment journey? Are there things that you look back and say, man, if I, if I, not that it it helps a lot now, now but I'm sure you've learned some. Oh, there's, I think, the general one in property, which is like, if I only started sooner, (laughs) I only realized how much money the banks are willing to give me because I had a solid, good salary with a great credit record. If I only knew what the difference is between good debt and bad debt. Mm. Um, I've heard people talk about it, but I didn't really understand how you the leverage in property could work. Um, and if I only knew that sooner in my life, I think that could have been a very big um, game changer and I, I would be 10 times further than I am right now. 
Same but I here. don't understand how that leverage and and all of that works. Yeah, absolutely. So so important. Yeah. Then, so Rita, what do you think you still need to learn in property? I need to. I I'm I'm still learning on how to fund a hundred million commercial deal. Thank you. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> that is my, that's what I want to do now. I've managed to do commercial deals now and they're really cool, but I want to do the next the next big thing, 100 million plus. That's what I want to do. Wow. Awesome girl. Yes. That is amazing. That is amazing. <laughs> so Reta, please share a property resource, um, a podcast, a YouTube, a book that you want a listener who's listening to you to go to when they switch off this podcast? Well, I'm definitely going to say to go to our YouTube channel, <laughs> definitely. Please, what's I, the YouTube channel? I, I've tried to spy on other people to see where can I get better information on property and, and literally I can't find any other YouTube channel that gives you detailed, detailed instructions and lessons on property than the M5 Property Addicts um, YouTube channel. Okay. okay. M5 Property Addicts YouTube channel, guys. Mm -hmm. I follow it ardently, ardently. <laughs> ben? Okay, so um, I know I sent you a random message in the middle of the night. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, please come on our podcast. But what was your what has been your intention with coming on this podcast? You can you can say anything. Like I want people, we want money for ABCD, we're funding this new deal. You can talk about anything. And then how can people get hold of you? So I think definitely it's about expanding, expanding our network. Um, okay. and also uh, being able then to, to so what we do is we provide passive income for people in property. So they would invest right. with us and then we do all the work and we then give this, uh, you can co-own a property with us or it's just a an investment with a, re, with a guaranteed return. So definitely, um, you know, that's, um, that's uh, something um, to expand the network, to, to be able to, to get more people um, into into that investment and to help them to earn some passive income because that's really what it what it's all about. They don't need to do anything. We mm -hmm. we do all the work, um, and also to get into in, uh, we do have international investors, but definitely we want to expand more aggressively internationally as well. Okay. Um, yeah, so it's just all about that. Awesome. And then they can get a hold of me at Rieta or E T H A at m5propertyaddicts.com. Awesome. Awesome. Wow. wow, Rita. It's been so great. Uh, <laughs> thank you so much, Rita. Thank you so much, Anisa. Thank you so much, Property Magicians. <laughs> this was our episode 94. We're creeping up to episode 100 and a episode 101 and 100 we have really cool episodes for you guys but tune in next week we have another incredible guest for you guys thank you for listening property magicians 
My name is Vanilla Makwakwa and I am your host on the show. I help people heal their ancestral money stories so that they can fall in love with their bank accounts, become financially free and live their best lives. So if you would love to increase your income or you'd love to pay off your debts and increase your savings, contact me. You can contact me on the Wealthy Money website at wealthy-money.com. Again, wealthy-money.com. Or you can email me at vangile at wealthy-money.com. Again, vangile at wealthy-money.com. Find me on Facebook on the Wealthy Money group or on the Wealthy Money page or find me on Twitter and Instagram as vangile makwakwa. Now over to my co-host. Thank you for listening. I am Dr. Miranda Prop Doc, Doc Mum on all the social media platforms on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I'm the host of Property Magicians Podcast and I'm a property mentor. I mentor newbie property investors to help them to begin and to take action. Your journey into property investment begins with me from property registration, from property company registration to picking the correct strategy that suits where you are at. Find me on my inbox at Miranda at wealthy-money.com. Again, inbox me at Miranda at wealthy-money.com if you want me to help you start your property journey.